Welcome to Building the Future. I'm your host, Kevin Horick. You can check out new episodes of the show every Tuesday and Thursday at 2 p.m. If you missed an episode or want to get more information about the show, please visit buildingthefutureshow.com. SoupX, the Startup Expo, North America's premier startup conference, is March 6th and 7th, 2017, in sunny Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Affordably priced, SoupX is a two-day international conference featuring workshops, panels, speeches, a $50,000 startup competition, and over 100 exhibitors. For more information, go to sup-x.org. Welcome back to the show. Today we have Maura Sparks. She's the president at Siliconic Home. Maura, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Yeah, I'm excited to have you on the show. I think what you guys are doing kind of with um, your your tech startup, I don't want to cover it quite yet, um, is actually really, really interesting and kind of a, an interesting take for kids. But maybe before we kind of get into that, Let's get to know you a little bit better and start off with kind of where you grew up. Okay, great. So I grew up, I'm a Northern California uh, girl. I grew up in the Bay Area. I went to college in the Bay Area. And I now reside in Napa. Okay. You're, you're probably one of the few people that was born and raised in Northern California, especially in tech, right? Everybody's kind of moving there from other parts of the world. <laughs> That's seems that way. It seems that way. Yeah, that's, it's a beautiful area, though. So I'm curious, you, you obviously went to university in Northern California. What did you take in uh, university? So I studied for um, journalism and communications. Okay. Um, I, and my first job actually was working for a small startup company. Okay. Um, doing 3D visualization software. Okay. Um, and that sort of, you know, got me into the technology. Okay. And I just ended up work, you know, staying and working and loving it and loving all the, you know, the constant emerging technology and, um, you know, constantly never changing. Uh, I mean, always changing, um, you know, uh, pace of technology and um, learning about new markets. So. No, that, that makes that makes sense. So I'm, I'm curious, though, how did you go from kind of going to school for kind of journalism to getting in that industry? Uh, while I was in college, I met um, uh, somebody through my roommate. And um, I sort of lost contact with him. I ended up going down to Los Angeles. I was interning at a film company. Um, at the time, I was sort of really interested in, in maybe filmmaking. And I'm sitting there in um, uh, near UCLA and at a restaurant, and in walks um, Sean McKenna. And I was like, hey, I know you. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, you know, how are you doing? Um, and I'd met him, like I said, up in San Francisco through my roommate. Uh, he started telling me about a startup company he was doing in San Francisco. Um, and at the time, I was like, oh, that sounds really cool. I ended up um, eventually, you know, about six months later, moving back up to the Bay Area. And I was in um, living in San Francisco at the time. Um, 
and I ran into Sean McKenna again. And he says, you know, I'm, I'm hiring at the startup. I'm looking for a marketing assistant. And I end up getting the job. So that was how I was just sort of, you know, connections. Um, and that was sort of what got me the bug of working. Um, that was a company at the time. It was called Paracom. And okay. it was later um, became part of Macromind, which became Macromedia, and then eventually got bought by Adobe software. Sure. I remember those um, days. And it was a great... Yeah, so it was a great um, it was a great environment to learn. I mean, Sean McKenna is the son of Regis McKenna. Sure. So he's, um, you know, was a, a great boss. And um, I learned a lot. Our, um, the CEO of the company um, was great at, uh, you know, working with investors. So, um you know, we were able to get funding and he was able to, um, you know, uh, do these sort of partnerships and then, um, you know, uh, get, you know, bought out. And so, I mean, it, you know, it was just, it was a great, I, I felt like I was sort of able to, you know, see the whole, the whole arc and process. And while I was working there, I ended up meeting, um, somebody who ended up becoming my, my husband. Um, it was such a small company. Um, I met Joe Sparks, and um, Joe and I ended up starting a um, a game company, a CD-ROM game company. Okay. And after for, for mobile, um, right? Both, um, at the time, it was CD-ROM. So okay, both, sure. Yeah, yeah. There were, you go. So we were we were we did one of the first um, CD-ROM uh, games, which was. Um, I'd helped him on Spaceship Warlock, which is one of the first CD-ROM game, right. games on the market. And then after that, we started a company called Pop Rocket. Oh, and that's the released, mobile game company, um, right? Uh, no, that was later. I ended up doing oh, okay. a mobile game company, okay. focusing more on um, games for girls. Okay. Um, so uh, when we were at Pop Rocket, um, we ended up, you know, that was another, uh, spent about, you know, seven years um, you know, one to build our product and our, we sort of built a, you know, trying to build a, a world online. We're a little bit early in terms of um, some of what we were planning, but we had, um, you know, sort of this award-winning CD-ROM game. And we got some venture funding and um, then we did that for, for quite a number of years. And then I, I did take some time off after that to have some, I have, um, we have two sons Okay. Um, so, took a few years off um, raising kids when they were young, um, and then eventually started another company called um, Kiss App Games, which the focus was at that point was mobile games. Okay. So I feel like I, I had this background where I was um, uh, at the beginning of all these emerging markets. That's interesting. Well, and you kind of grew up and lived in a, and still live in probably the most, if not one of the most innovative places on the planet, right? And so I think like when you're on the cutting edge of this stuff and you're you're kind of around it, I think, and, and considering you worked at like a company that became Macromedia, like these companies were building products that 
pretty much anybody that was doing anything digital was using, right? And so that that's great. Like, and it's awesome that you were kind of that early on in the evolution of these companies, right? And I think there's a lot of people even coming up today that have never heard of Macromedia, right? And a lot of the, like when they kind of got bought or merged with Adobe, it was, it was huge news, right? And I think that that's awesome that you were kind of there even before they were like Macromedia, right? I, that, that to me is kind of fascinating. And like, I remember the like Flash and Director and Authorware days, right? Like that was kind right. of early in my career, right? And so it, it's right. great that yeah. you've kind of been through all those phases of, of this whole kind of industry, right? And you have tons of experience in it. Um, yes, yeah, that's, that's you know, and, and it was, I think being there and being in the startup, you end up learning a lot and you make a lot of, you know, interesting connections um, with, you know, with other people in the industry. Um, you end up sort of writing this, this arc of, you know, like you said, these different um, markets that end up sort of um, starting and growing and, you know, some peaked like CD-ROM market, right? That's, sure. But um, you end up taking a lot of those, you know, some of the basic tools you carry over into the mobile space. Sure. So you, you're you now the president of Siliconic Homes. What exactly is, is the company and what exactly are you building um, in that platform? So we're developing, so um, Siliconic Home is a hardware and software company. Okay. And what we're developing is a voice user interface device for kids. Okay. It's like the and Echo, correct? It's it's very similar to the Echo, except ours is exclusively for kids. And what differentiates it from the Echo is the form factor. I mean, it's designed, you know, for kids. It's appealing. Um, they'll be able to personalize the um, exterior to some extent. Okay. Um, it's very sturdy. They can, you know, if they drop it or accidentally drop it in a puddle, it will still continue to to work. Um, if they, you know, run around the house and maybe they hit a, um, where they're not connected to Wi-Fi, it will still work. We have, um, uh, you know, embedded uh, on the device and in the cloud connectivity. Okay. And um, all the content is geared exclusively for kids, so parents can be feel very, um, uh, you know, uh, feel confident that their child is not going to be, um, you know, uh, redirected to something inappropriate online. Right. Uh, we have our own a lot of built-in filters, safety filters. Got you. So for people that don't know kind of what the Echo is and kind of what Smarty is and like the whole kind of voice user interface, do you want to maybe kind of explain what that is and kind of what Smarty does for for somebody's ch child? Sure. So a voice user interface is um, a hardware device without any with a not a, a user interface that they can't see, so they'll just be using their voice to be able to connect um, and to connect to either um, you know uh, applications 
on the device that you know we've developed or you know working with some third party partners in terms of content um so it's a hands free um electronic enabled device um we like to call it an intelligent assistant okay because smarty allows um the user to access um a, a wealth of information anything from audio learning of a foreign language to streaming audiobooks so it, it's like an ideal study helper to um allowing them to have uh you know um sort of uh features that allow them to set an alarm control their room turn off their lights um uh, send um, there's also telephony so they can with a um, contact list they can say you know smarty call mom and okay. it will do a um, like a speaker call um, it can connect to other IOT devices like speakers right. um, one of the key things people, kids are going to want to use it for probably is to stream audio Right. so it has a lot of what we call like entertainment um, entertainment, educational, and then these communication features. Right. And in, in sort of this intelligent connected device for kids. Got you. The, the thing that seemed really cool to me is like the ability to kind of take notes or help with kind of homework or kind of definitions around, you know, certain words as they're right. maybe reading, right? So do you maybe want to kind of cover some of the well, I, I guess like they're all kind of practical uses, but maybe some of the kind of like educational side of that stuff that, or could, how it could help with like homework, for example. Sure. So um, one thing that we're, we're doing, we're, um, we're, we're working with a company that um, where we have a, our intention is to uh, bring them under our umbrella Okay. and they have their own, child knowledge base so like a q a sure um and that that will be um a q a that will be 100 percent um filtered of content you know for the safety aspect sure and um the so the child can ask good questions um you know how far away is the sun um sure. you know how many weeks of the year, whatever they end up asking it, um, Smarty will end up returning that um, that information. And so it becomes like Smarty will become like an ideal, like, uh, you know, study helper. Okay, for the yeah. Child. No, that, that's awesome. And I, I think like, I'm assuming so then like, I don't know, somebody, a kid struggling with say like fractions or something in math, you could potentially help them with, specific problems like that if it doesn't do that today? So, that, yeah, like, like math facts are a great, um, you know, it's a great application for Smarty. Um, spelling words, definitions. Sure. Um, and that is definitely, uh, we'll, we'll have a lot of those, you know, on our, when it's released, and that will be part of the, the features. Sure. That was actually going to be my next question to you is like, when can people get a Smarty? 
so we are um, we are we have a uh, our um, a prototype that we're uh, will be uh, showing around Silicon Valley this month, and um, we're you know raising money. We've been in the process of raising money, so we're looking at about. Um, depending on when we finish closing some of our investor um, rounds, we're going to be looking probably, you know, our goal is, um, you know, 12 months after that. Okay. So you guys are obviously, you just mentioned you have a prototype. So are you guys, did you guys build the prototype yourself? Did you kind of outsource it? Did you go to China? Like how did you guys build the original prototype of us, Marty? Sure. So, um, and also, I just wanted to say, you know, Smarty is part of a cloud platform. Okay. So what what the you know what the consumer will see is the hardware device. Right. And inside that, we'll have we have the different boards and things like that. But we're in the cloud; it's a cloud platform, and um, on that, we'll have the speech recognition software, um, some AI learning. Well, that will have also the educational entertainment content and some of the communication features, the software end. Some of this will also be on the device. Okay. We also, like I mentioned, will have the um, speech recognition on the device and in the cloud, just so a child doesn't lose connectivity. Right. And um, they'll be able to have maybe some some certain software stored on the device, um, you know, like songs and things like that. Sure. And... Um, that is, um, and of course, the whole AI will be able to um, figure out, you know, like if a child was streaming, say, an audiobook, and they went through chapter three, when they come back again, the child should be able to ask the device, Smarty, you know, read me, you know, Harry Potter. And then and Smarty should be able to recognize that they left off on chapter three. Okay, interesting. If they're learning their math facts, and they end up, you know, advancing to a certain level, the device should be able to recognize and maybe prompt the child, you did a great job on, you know, on your, you know, uh, multiplication. Do you want to advance to, you know, uh, you know, multipliers by no- of nine? Sure. Something like that. Interesting. So, so there's, there's a, you know, so that whole angle of learning um, is important as uh, artificial intelligence and the back end there'll be a dashboard for parents so a parent can be able to see you know what is my child ask smarty Interesting. Um, how much time do they spend on math oh, are, are they okay. really just using this for music um, anyway and that that and then there's a customization feature on the back end as well that uh, you know a parent like I mentioned, with the telephony, they can put the contact names in, um, so a child can, you know, just easily um, call, or they can put, you know, initially when they first get it, they'll sit down with the parent, and they'll be able to put in their, you know, their age or grade level, um, you know, gender. So you know, there's some customization. Sure. Smarty will be more appealing to that demographic. Sure. No. No. That. That's awesome. I. I think. Like I love stuff like this where 
it, it actually adds like real value in kind of the physical world to people, right? And I think it, it can, it, something like Smarty could almost be like your kid's personal kind of tutor, right? Like in, in some respects, because mm-hmm. they can teach him some things, you know, if it reads to them, like obviously that helps with their education and whatnot, or just how to sound things out or, you know, give them a definition of something. Like, I love these kind of educational devices, especially that are kind of like smart, right? And connected to to the internet. Um, and I'm a, and that will constantly be kind of updated in the background, right? And I would assume that right. it just updates, you know, through Wi-Fi and whatnot. And, and then, you know, through a parent device that they can connect and control it. But are you going to also build an app for kids that can that they can use on, you know, kind of their tablet or or d- device that they can kind of interact with it? Or is it just kind of the parent kind of just controls that and the kid just talks to Smarty? Yeah, I mean, we we we, we, you know, we encourage the, I mean, we encourage the parent and the child to, to, to do the back end together. Sure. And so. Um, that is not, we haven't, we don't necessarily, I mean, we talked about other ways that maybe that the child can, um, and this might be on our roadmap, but for example, if a child is asking a lot of questions about um, a dinosaur, okay, then, you know, Smarty could say, hey, you know, um, you, you really like dinosaurs. You know, there's a great, you know, uh, you know, um, digital book, you know, and that way they would take it back to to our online portal, okay. and maybe they can then you know work with the book that way. So those are some ideas we're, we're planning, but initially the child would be more interfacing directly with Smarty, and if they're going to the dashboard and going with the parent. Okay, no, but, but taking it taking it to the website for sort of other you know, um, you know, like especially in the educational. Um, you know, if they want to be able to, you know, especially with reading, with the visuals and sounding out the word or seeing the letters, things like that, that might be something. Okay. Interesting. And I I guess like when you're kind of still maybe like an hour or sorry, like a year out from actually releasing them into the market, you guys have kind of, there's a bunch of ways you could go. Right. And I'm assuming once you guys kind of get this out and you have like beta users actually using smarty that'll dictate and maybe potentially change the roadmap a bit. Right. Um, to some extent, I mean, that's the thing. I mean, even if you look at the Amazon echo, I mean, they're constantly um, sending, you know, updating new skills and things like that. The device isn't changing. So I guess we're, we're really focused on making, you know, the hardware so a child can keep this for a number of years the software can constantly be changing. Sure. Do you know roughly what a Smarty is going to cost or is it still kind of too early on in the process to kind of even guess? Um, we're looking at a price range around 149 to 199 Okay, which isn't bad, which is like the Google like Google Home and the Echo and all the other stuff are yeah. that, if not more, right? So I, I, think, I think it Yeah, it's in line with, with the others. Sure. Um, so I'm, I'm curious, is there kind of an age range that your guys are targeting with, uh, Smarty? Is it kind of like preteen, teenagers, doesn't really matter? 
I yeah, it's definitely um, like you know five to ten. Okay. And so those are sort of grade school kids, and you know part of part of that uh, part of the difficulty is um, you know speech recognition for right. for young kids. Um, you know, kids could have. Um, uh, yeah, they just don't, you know, their their voices are constantly changing, whether they're excited or um, whether they can't sit still or they might have, you know, uh, braces on. So these uh, things yeah, all affect um, a child's voice. Sure. Um, so we're going to be working with, um, uh, you know, um, speech software that's currently on the market, but we'll be also building our own speech models to, um, you know, provide what we think is going to be the highest accuracy rate of speech recognition for kids in that age range. Sure. I, so we I, have to end up doing some of our own, sure. our own models in addition to working with, um, you know, some uh, speech software that's currently on yeah. the market. That's interesting. I, I never even thought of that. You're right. Like, as kids obviously age in that in that range, like their voice would change a lot. And you're right, like if they get braces or something or, you know, they're... So are you going to have to get them to kind of potentially update their voice a few times a year? Or you're going to try to build software smart enough to recognize the changing in their voice? Yeah, I mean, hopefully this, the software keeps... In, the speech software keeps improving over time as as a child uses the device more and more, sure, the accuracy level will, will actually improve and, right, and, right. And, and sort of adjust and understand it. No, that's interesting. Better. Well, and I think too, like, um, if, if your kid's using this on a daily basis for like their alarm or they're getting, you know, audiobooks streamed to them, and they're talking to these devices every day, it makes it a lot easier for you guys to kind of watch their voice change kind of on a daily basis and pull that data then you know if they're using it once every six months right and so it that's interesting to me i never really thought of that that's it's quite fascinating actually right so, so these 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 intelligent systems you know there's a lot going on to, to make it actually you know work and be um you know especially when you're dealing with kids Mm-hmm. Um, you don't want them to be frustrated and you want the, the interaction between the device and the child to be sort of seamless and, and natural. Sure. So, so I'm, I'm curious to know what other kind of challenges have you guys faced when building this thing that maybe you didn't think of or, or that the listener wouldn't necessarily think of? Well, I think we're, we're, we're realizing that children's speech is, is, is challenging. Okay. Um, you know, some kids talk really soft sure. and it's hard to, for the, you know, hard for maybe a device to pick them up. Um, like I said, their voice is constantly changing. Uh, there's a huge, you know, concern from parents about privacy protection. Right. And so we're looking to, um, you know, I mean, of course we'll be like COVID compliant. Right. And also the privacy, uh, guaranteeing a child's identity is always safe and anonymous. So um, any data that Smarty, you know, so Smarty has to 
you know, um, any anything the child's saying is going from Swarty to the cloud. Right. But that data has to be anonymous. Right. So it can't be tied back to children. Um, you know, you can't, you know, we can't sell directly to children, and that's not our intent is to have them upsell to buy things. But, right. um, you know, so there's a lot of concerns, especially about dealing with kids. And so that's, you know, one of the reasons why we're um, working with that knowledge base company is to ensure, um, you know, all the safety factors. And so it ends up becoming, it's not as open as, as you know, um, and, you know, other devices because of that, you know. And actually, I think as a parent, um, I don't really want my kids, um, you know, going off in certain areas anyway. Sure. No, I might that... want to know if they, they're asking the device certain things. Yeah, fair. Which will then they'll be able to see that, that sort of dashboard that reporting on the dashboard, but I certainly don't want, you know, them to, you know, that's one of the concerns with it, with the internet. Also, um, uh, you know, Smarties, Smarties great for a five-year-old because um, maybe they don't, they, their spelling, you know, isn't great yet and they can't use a keyboard. And um, so it ends up being sort of a a great uh, device for for a young child like that. Sure. And then are you guys going to support kind of um, multiple siblings can can talk at the thing or is it kind of one like, device per child? Um, so, yeah, so like the speaker identification mm-hmm. and be able to pick up. Um, ideally, it's for, for one child. Okay. And that makes sense because one of the things we're going to be doing is um, so the the prototype that's actually on our website is um, something, a 3D model that I designed and um, we ended up having, you know, this, this form factor, um, you know, 3D printed model. So inside the head, it has all the different hardware pieces, but um, we're going to actually be doing a different form factor, which would allow the child to actually customize it. And um, so if you have a, two siblings, a boy and a girl, they're not necessarily going to want the same, um, right. you know, out exterior. Sure. So I think that's, you know, it's going to be really fun for the kids to be able to customize it. Sure. And then, you know, the speech recognition um, and the device and, oh, and also, you know, the customizing of, um you know, your age and, you know, content. Um, ideally, it's just uh, better to have them each have their own. Yeah, that makes sense because it could, like, I don't know, like sing you happy birthday on your birthday or, or stuff like that, right? That, I mean, yeah, like, yeah, kids want different songs. And, yeah, and, like, if you're using it as an alarm clock or they're both doing homework at the same right. time, you know, obviously they can't be both talking at the same thing at the same time, right? Like, it just, yeah, logistically it doesn't make sense. No, that, that's interesting. So I, I'm curious, is there a way for people to get into the beta or is it kind of a closed beta and, you know, you guys choose who you guys are going to be kind of beta testing this on? We are, you know, if, if, um, 
if somebody uh, were, were totally open, we'd, you know, we'd love to, um, if people are interested, they can uh, go to our website and go to our um, request more information and we'll keep those names. Okay. And are you looking for people just kind of in the United States or kind of beyond or it doesn't really matter? Um, we're going to be launching this in the U.S. Um, initially. Sure. And we'll, we're open to other countries. Um, and it really just depends on what kind of partnerships. Um, we are actually going to be, um, we're finalizing a subsidiary in China. Oh, wow. So we think um, China might, you know, is likely to be um, our second biggest market. Sure, I can imagine. And we are going to be, um, uh, so that's, you know, that that could be um, a, a likely market we'll be, you know, approaching after that. But our goal is to focus on the U.S. initially. Sure. That makes sense. So, I like, I'm assuming that, you guys under the Siliconic brand are potentially going to build other devices for kids like after Smarty launches and, and is doing things? Is that kind of the plan or is that too down, too far down the future to kind of even think about or talk about yet? Um, we do have some other uh, products on our roadmap. Um, some of them actually um, are uh, products that sort of work, um, you know, uh, nicely with Smarty. Okay. Um, other hardware products. And, um, you know, that's, that's definitely something okay. that we have. Uh, I'm also curious, are you going to at some point have a developer kit where other developers could add functionality to their Smarty for their child? Or is, is that not really in the roadmap? It's um, what we're probably going to do is, in fact, we are already integrating with a couple of third-party um, uh, partners. We have, um, for example, we're working with one um, company called Hutch AI, and they have um, storytelling for kids. Okay. And so um, our prototype actually. Um, is working with their stories and we're able to, um, you know, uh, you know, um, tell me a, you know, a happy story and it will, um, uh, stream some of the stories that they actually are, have, which is great because then they're constantly updating these stories. Right. Okay. So the material is actually, you know, always fresh and interesting and, um, growing. And so our goal is to have other sort of third parties like that. Got you. Okay. And then obviously you vet them to make sure that they're appropriate for kids and whatnot. Yeah, that makes sense. Right. Right. Yeah. And so we'll have just a, you know, we'll, so we'll, yes, we'll, so in some ways it will be, um, you know, handpicked by us. Sure. So what's the battery life of uh, Smarty? Like, are you just, is he constantly plugged in? Can you kind of like undock him and just like move him around and he'll get, you know, a day or whatever? Right. Yeah. So you can, it, it's an inductive charger. So okay. the child can take it off it and walk around the house, um, go outside even. 
and it is, um, uh, you know, they can take it to the different rooms of the house. Got you. Okay. And, no, that's that's great. So we're kind of coming to the end of the show. Maybe let's close the show with mentioning where people can get more information about uh, you guys and Smarty. Okay, great. So we have do have a website, which is um, under our company name, which is um, siliconichome.com. Okay. And that... And, um, I'm happy to, if anybody wants to send an email, and I am msparks at siliconichome.com. Perfect. Well, I really appreciate you taking the time out of your day to be on the show, and I look forward to keeping in touch with you and uh, watching kind of Smarty's progress throughout the rest of the year. Oh, thank you so much. I really appreciate this. And, yeah, I just love to hear from some of your viewers. And if they're interested, we'd be happy to put them on our on our list and, you know, beta testing and um, just uh, we're always looking for uh, feedback. And so thank you. I appreciate this. Perfect. All right. Well, you have a good rest of your day and we'll talk soon. All right. Okay. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. The music for the show is done by Electric Mantra. You can check them out at electricmantra.com and keep them in the future.